Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten podcast. Today it's uh, Tony Catalina opening us up. Dave Sturcio is not with us this night. He got he got some obligations. So he's probably getting some shut eye, honestly, with it being a late Sunday night kick. I'm with my good friend and trusty colleague here, Aiden Davis. Aiden, man, uh, that's a tough divisional game right there. How are you feeling after the loss initially? Man, if I'm being completely honest, going into this game, I think in my heart of hearts, I expected a loss. I was really holding out for that victory, and I never would have admitted it before the game. But you know what? I got a that first half was entirely depressing, and I was about to throw my chair through a wall watching that first half. But Cooper Rush, that second, he deserves props, man. He's the Cooper Rush's time with this team is probably done. He fought back and for a second there, I was legitimately thinking we were going to come back and beat the Eagles there. Yeah, you know, and just a reminder, as we're listening to this, you're probably listening Monday morning in your commute or whatever the case may be. The Dallas Cowboys fell to the division rival foe, Philadelphia Eagles, 26 to 17 on Sunday night football. Uh, we are recording this fresh after the game, so you're going to get some emotion. You're going to get some uh, some, you know, obviously we're going to come with some non-biased facts and things of that nature. But uh, obviously we have some emotion about it. Um, you know, my initial thoughts on it is um the way this team was winning, the way they came out of that game, it made it almost impossible to win a football game like that, right? When you turn the football over and you have uh, mindless penalties like they did, um, it, it just puts yourself in a hole that is almost insurmountable. And they almost proved me wrong. They came out in the second half and they played really tough and they showed some fight. And I think this team, um, I, I tweeted it out not too long ago. Like I said, we're recording this Sunday night. I think this game said a lot more about the Eagles and their vulnerabilities than it says about the Dallas Cowboys. We're, you know, without Dak Prescott, without some of these pieces coming back, um, the main one obviously being the quarterback. Like I mentioned, uh, this team is not complete. We're definitely a shell of ourselves and what this team can be moving forward. But that's that's supposed to be the Eagles right there. This is supposed to be the Eagles all-in season, you know, bringing A.J. Brown, bringing Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. This is a game and a team and a season that the Eagles should be like, this is Super Bowl or bust for them. So I don't know how you're, as an Eagles fan, to be honest with you, come out of that game feeling like super pumped up about it. Obviously, the Eagles are going to have the bragging rights until the next matchup and they get to distance themselves in the NFC East uh, divisional race for the time being. But I just don't know how you come out of that game super pumped up about the eight. And how do you feel about that take? No, I if you didn't say it, then I was going to because in my opinion, the Eagles went out there thinking they're the best team in football. 5-0, and riding high, thinking that they had the Super Bowl on lock. And they just let a quarterback, who in my opinion, of the quarterbacks who started this week in football, like I said at the top of the episode, I love Cooper Rush and what he's done for this team. I still think he was a bottom five quarterback among the quarterbacks who started this week in the NFL. They just let that quarterback keep them within nine points. And for a second there, if you want to put an asterisk on it, it was a game heading into the fourth quarter, and it was a game in the fourth quarter. And so if the Eagles want to have this, if Eagles fans want to have this ride high about this victory, fine. But just remember that when a healthy Cowboys and a healthy Eagles went against each other last year, the Cowboys combined point differential in those two games was 45 points. The Eagles just beat the Cowboys by nine points where they were working with, once again, in my opinion, a bottom five starting quarterback in the NFL. Have fun with that, Eagles fans, because once December rolls around, it's going to be an entirely different story. 
And, you know, and you're absolutely right about that. Like, and I see people talking about it and, and it's fine to kind of project and see how we're moving forward. I don't know what that December game is going to mean, but if this team, both teams are going to play well, you're going to see it's going to obviously have some implications. But what I'm excited for moving forward is this team has shown the grit and the fight over these four or five games that they're able to, to play with anybody. Now, you're not going to beat anybody if you're turning the football over and you're, you know, and you're, you know, making mistakes with penalties. And I, you know, it's such an early point in that football game. I don't want to pin anything on it, but how big and different is this football game? If Dante Fowler doesn't go off sides at the beginning there, it's just a totally different game. I, that play specifically, and I never really do this for games. And I think I'm going to start to moving forward when Dante Fowler jumped off sides on that, fourth down play i i started keeping track in my notes of okay what plays are going to change this game or what plays are going to shape this game that was the first one in my notes and that's really the first time i've done it i don't know why i haven't in the past but i was like that just felt like such a crushing mistake when heading into this game i think all cowboys fans knew we had to play our absolute best perfect football to beat this eagles team that dante fowler mistake that early on just a felt like it set the tone for the rest of the game of especially the rest of the first half of okay this is not going to be a pretty first half yeah and you know it's one of those things with the cowboys and just how this team in the season has been going is um we've seen things tonight that they just hadn't been doing over the last month and obviously the opponent being a quality one will bring those things out of you and bring the worst out of you and that's just you know what those matchups do but a team that just simply Cooper Rush was protecting the football, whether that was a little bit of luck or him just finding a way to not turn the ball over. That's one thing. But the team that kind of just kicked themselves in the butt with the with the penalties, we hadn't seen that moving forward. So it's a tough situation to see that in in a game. And, you know, that game, it really could have went a long way with the victory. Obviously, you're in a three way tie at five and one with the victory. Now you're four and two, third in the division, I think. You know, we, we don't have to talk about it, get too deep into it. The Giants are five and one and all the respect to them for getting to that point. But I feel, you know, I think I saw your reaction there. I think the Giants are a little bit fraudulent. And, you know, I don't think any of these teams that we have to play aren't susceptible or beatable at this point. Yeah. Like as Cowboys fans, we should just we right now, every Cowboys fan in the world should be just take taking a huge sigh of relief. Because the Cowboys just got done with a six-game stretch. I had them going two and four to three and three on a good side. We're four and two with our backup quarterback. And if you look at the rest of the schedule, I mean, now that the Packers are looking bad, this is, and I know we don't really like to talk about, like the Cowboys should be able to beat any team in the NFL conceivably if they want to win it. The Cowboys have a cupcake schedule coming up with that coming in, like the Lions, the Bears, bye week. Then Packers, who now looks beatable now. And so it's and then after that, it's a whole run of just easy teams. So Cowboys fans, take a huge sigh of relief because this team is four and two, and you now get your quarterback one back on a, against a very easy schedule. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right there. I mean, I mean, like we're not gonna push forward, and like you said, it's the NFL teams can beat you, you can lose to anybody, but there's a realistic possibility you could go six and two into the bye week against the very susceptible and vulnerable Packers team. If you find a way to scrap it out with the Packers and win and be seven and two, then you got a real tester against the Minnesota Vikings. We don't know where they're gonna be at this point right now as it sits there five and one. So you got to take that for what it's worth. Um 
the NFC is completely wide open, right? And that's the thing that's kind of the most disheartening about this loss is you, you felt Rush was playing with house money. You felt like the whole situation, like there was a house of cards at some time, at some point was going to fall apart. But if they could have just found a way to get this one win, it, it changes the landscape, of the NFC, now, and not saying that they can't get everything they want, but you might be the front runner or the, you know, the lead car for the one seed at that point with the victory. So, um, you know, you kind of take that for what it's worth. You'll shake it off. And by all indications, um, like you said, Dak Prescott looks to be back next week and it's not definitive. We're going to have to watch it starting Wednesday, but you feel good about what he looked like pregame. Yeah, I think he looked great pregame. And I just want to touch on something, getting back to the game we just watched. If you, and you've mentioned it. If you take out the penalties and the turnovers, which I'm completely granted two huge facets of the game and two things that two, re- two, two of the biggest reasons the Cowboys lost today. But you take out those two factors. The Eagles gained one more first down than the Cowboys. The Cowboys threw for more yards. The Cowboys gained more total yards than the Eagles. The Cowboys rushed for two less yards than the Eagles. And then they were sacked zero times. Jalen Hurts was sacked four times. Outside of the turnovers and the penalties, uh, that's up and down. The turnovers aren't going to happen as frequently if Dak was in the game tonight. And I will die on that hill. If you take out that, like, this is... The Cowboys win on all facets of the game tonight if you eliminate the turnovers and the penalties. And once again, huge facets of the game. But they hung in there with the Eagles. And it was an incredibly close matchup. You know, it was it was come it was almost like the bizarro world of the Rams game last week, right? They got so hot that it made almost impossible to like lose that. The the momentum's on your side. You're playing well defensively. You're playing well special teams. This week, it's you can't get the stop. You have penalties. You you turn the football over, and those are things that you it's hard to overcome with when you're limited at the quarterback position. But you're absolutely right. When you look at this Eagles team, what have you heard? You know, for the last month and a half is. They're stout up front on both sides of the ball, right? You can't run on them. They got Jordan Davis in the middle. They got a tough interior defensive line. Their offensive line is this premier pass, you know, protectors. And, you know, they're able to run the ball down your throat with the number one rushing attack. The Cowboys were able to run the football. And Ezekiel Elliott specifically looked really good with the football. I mean, he and they did that well down for majority, if not all of the football game. Now, if this game was a more even kill, they play with a lead or play with an even score. They're able to kind of stay within their, within the scheme and what they wanted to do. They could have really imposed their will in the run game. And, and, and the other side of it, you know, the Eagles, they weren't, they were getting pressure on, on Jalen hurts. I think the one credit I'm really going to have to give to the Eagles is they showed some really good RPO things that put Micah Parsons and other linebackers in binds, right? There were just some plays that there just was no right answer. If Micah Parsons crashed down on the quarterback, he dumps it over the top to AJ Brown or the tight end and they make a play. If you play the, if the tight end and the receiver, Jalen hurts is going to take off with the football. So that's on film. Kudos to the Eagles for making those plays, but The Cowboys, like you mentioned it, and the statistics prove it. It's not just an opinion. It's not just a feeling. We're in this football game and and for and by and large found a way to to be a superior football team for most of this football game. Yeah. And touching on that RPO stuff, I will give it to Nick Sirianni. And I don't like singing his praise because I just don't like Nick Sirianni. He came out and he had a plan for Dan Quinn's defense that first half. 
I know Cooper Rush put the defense in a bad spot, and I'm not saying by any means saying that the defense was just flat out beat tonight. But Nick Sirianni had a plan for the defense, and he specifically had a plan for Micah Parsons. But that this second half adjustment, where what the the Eagles put up seven or six points in the second half, or did they put up nine? Um, it was no. It was, the, yeah, I think it was, it was six. It was six, the, right? Yeah, yeah. And the penalty forced yeah. them to go for two, and okay. they didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, so the Eagles put up six points in the second half. And this has been a theme all off season or all season so far where everybody's touting the Eagles like, oh, they score so much in the first half, they don't have to score in the second half. They're beating teams in the first half, and by that point, it's over. They haven't even needed to score points in the second half of the season. Hey, Eagles fans, you should be worried about that. The Cowboys just came back on you, and if not for one touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, we're talking about an entirely different ball game where you might have choked that game away. So I I am fairly confident that Nick Sirianni, his second half adjustments this year just have not been there. And that's something that I'd look to take advantage of moving forward because I I'm just I'm saying it's it's been a trend all season so far where the Eagles don't score in the second half. People thought it was more of they're playing conservative and playing safe. I'm now in the boat that, no, the Eagles just, I don't think they know how to make halftime adjustments as well as many think they do. Yeah, and, you know, for me, um, when I look at this game, you kind of laid it out there. We didn't really learn too much new about the Eagles. Everything that we thought about the Eagles and knew about the Eagles that they've showed us through the first five games, six games now, is 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 pretty chalk. Now, granted, they're a good football team. They have talent that overcomes some of the things that they're able to do. Second quarter team, right? All their points are scored in the second quarter, and then they come out flat in the third, and it's kind of the same recipe. They haven't played a full four quarters, which I guess on one foot is you know questionable for the team, but on the other the other side of it is it's scary to think that if they put up four quarters of football, the Eagles could be a dangerous football team. But the thing is about them is you know they're they're a totally beatable football team. Understanding that Jalen Hurts. When pressure is put on him, he threw some passes, some balls that were that the Cowboys were should have found a way to come up with. If Michael Parsons comes up with that pick and just reads it a little quicker, it's a different ball game. Um, you know, ultimately, this whole time that Rush has been here, we know the recipe has been run the ball, defense wins the game, Coop Rush get out of the way. You just ran into a team that it was just really tough in a situation in the way this football game. So you can't really get too upset with the fact that the defense wasn't able to be locked down. But it was just, you know, that's kind of the worst fear coming forward. And you and you think that when Dak Prescott gets back there, the, the offense can be out of the cellar and move into at least middle range. If if this offense middle of the pack in the league, the Cowboys could be a really dangerous football team. I've yep. I've said it for a while now that once. Dak comes back. I mean, all he has to do is make this offense average, and this is a really dangerous football team. And I, one thing I want to get your opinion on, and it's one thing we've kind of been seeing this season, but and I've kind of been kind of been an Eagles hater tonight. I will give them credit for one thing. I think they saw the weakness in the Cowboys' rushing defense specifically, and they knew how to pick their punches. Where okay, we're going to go at them hard on the ground for three plays and then we're just going to let Jalen Hurts swing out a pass to AJ Brown on a rollout and it's going to pick up 20 yards are you worried about this moving forward because no team's really been able to truly expose our rush defense which we know is the relatively the worst part of our defense are you worried that this not necessarily I don't want to say it's the key to exposing our defense but 
I think Nick Sirianni did a good job about balancing a weak run defense with knowing how to take shots against a good coverage defense. I mean, yeah, I think ultimately this team is going to have some things that work against them. And obviously they're running the football is one of those things that teams have found some success with ultimately um, how sustainable is it? This because this team has some really good run defenders like Demarcus Lawrence, you know, this guy's in the middle, like Osa and Tristan Hill, even those guys in the middle. Tristan Hill had a great night tonight. He did. He really did. Those guys, I mean, they play tough in the interior and and they have some fast moving linebackers, guys that can make plays. So it is a little head scratching. It's one of those things where I'd have to dive into the film to really kind of see what is the reason why they give up so much on the run game because they have, they have ready and willing tacklers on the outside too. These safeties want to hit these corners are unafraid to tackle. So it's, it, is it schematic? Is it, is it a numbers game on the edge? Is it something that they just win interior with double teams and get into the second level? Um, but you're right. I, I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned because that's the first time this defense through six games has given up t- more than 20 points. Right. So if this becomes a trend where teams are, you know, kind of dropping points on their head, it might become an issue, but ultimately um, we'll kind of see moving forward, how that handles and shakes out. Yeah. I mean, we'll see, but I'm with you. I think we saw, and I guess moving on what players tonight impressed you because up at the top, of my not necessarily at the top of my list, I think Tristan Hill would be up. I think in terms of defenders that impressed me tonight, I think it would be Tristan Hill, Leighton Vander Esch, and I think that'd be the end of my list because outside of those two defenders, I thought it was eh, all around. Those two, Hill and Vander Esch, I thought played great football tonight. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. V-A-N-29.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, if if you had to put my list together, I think Leighton Randash was somebody I was thinking about, but I kind of want to give my kudos to, to Terrence Steele. 
I mean, Terrence Steele was a tough, willing, hard blocking run blocker there and and pass blocking he he's found a way to get off the ball lightning fast you know sometimes it, it tiptoes the line of you know early to just an outstanding jump Terrence Steele has quietly and when he's not mentioned that's a good thing at the offensive line position so I think this pass I mean how many sacks did they give up did they give up one zero yep. zero no, right zero yeah I mean that's pretty impressive when you're going against a group that includes Brandon Graham you know Josh Sweat Guys like Fletcher Cox can get after the passer. Um, I know uh, Chris Collinsworth mentioned that some of the the pressure was coming up the middle, but that's Connor McGovern. And, you know, to me, I'm going to stand on this, and I have nothing against Connor McGovern. I just don't know if he's a starting offensive lineman on this team. I think Jason Peters has to get up and be ready to go. I love Connor McGovern as a swing guard. I think he is somebody that can really help in a pinch. I just don't want the guy out there for 75, 80 snaps in a game. You know what I mean? So um, the interior is going to be an issue. Tyler Smith is playing well. Tyler Biotis is not even being mentioned. Zach Martin is who he is, but if Terrence Steele to me was just out there making highlight type plays for an offensive lineman. So that's somebody that I would say, but Lady Vrana should be a, a close number two for me as well. I mean, I think, yeah, the entire offensive line tonight, again, going against the best defensive line they've played so far. I put this Eagles defensive line against the Rams defensive line. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I would. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I think they played outstanding football Zeke rushed for 6.2 yards a carry and especially in that second half Zeke looked like a madman running out there and that was because the offensive line was opening up holes like we said the pressures on Cooper Rush it it was a slight problem in the first half but that wasn't the reason Cooper Rush was struggling there was mostly just errant passes I think they gave Cooper Rush more than enough time to do his job tonight up until that final interception I, there is reason to be very optimistic about this offensive line because through six games now, I think they've had four solid showings. Yeah, and you know, I kind of want to change gears a little bit. I'm going to stay on the offensive side of the ball, but I want to get your your take on this. Something that I saw it was just my eyes off the first look. It seemed like to me on some throws that Cooper Rush was pressing a little bit. It seemed like you can tell when a quarterback really wants to hit that throw because he's gripping it a little tighter and that ball comes out a little wobblier. He was high. He was low. He was coming off funky. He just didn't have, and obviously when you don't have the arm talent of some of the top tier guys, it just looked like Cooper Rush was pressuring or, or pressing to make a move. And I think he felt the night and felt the situation a little bit. Yeah. I think that part of, what was different tonight than the previous four games with Cooper Rush is that Cooper Rush was working from a true deficit tonight. If you look at the Bengals game, they scored first. If you look at the Giants game, the Cowboys scored first. The Commanders game, the Cowboys scored first. The Rams game, not only did the Cowboys score first, they jumped off to an early lead, and that was a very hot start. Tonight, Cooper Rush was playing from a deficit, and I just think when Cooper Rush has to play from a deficit, He's going to force those passes. Like I can't, I can't tell you how many times tonight where it seemed like he was forcing the ball into Michael Gallup when that pass just wasn't there. What we've seen over the past four weeks is Cooper Rush was completely fine taking the dump offs. He was completely fine throwing the ball out in the flat. Maybe it gains four to five yards. Move, move on to the next play. Then eventually he takes the shots later in the game. Tonight it just seemed like he was going for the home run ball on every throw especially in that first half where 
all those seemed, a lot of the balls were just coming off errant because they were passes that he shouldn't have been making in the first place like that it was michael gallup that first interception it was he had no business throwing that ball michael gallup was never going to make that catch best case scenario is an incomplete pass ends up being an interception so it was just a lot of passes like that where i think cooper rush hasn't had to play from a deficit like the one he saw tonight and you saw it with some very errant passes and once again credit to cooper rush but i don't think playing from behind this is game you know it was interesting was um the the passing attack game plan was a little different week one and i know dalton schultz didn't play he was a scratch for this game Week one, he had seven receptions with Dak Prescott was in the game. Since then, he's only had two receptions on the season. If you look at Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot coming into the game, they had six receptions for 63 yards total combined. So with Cooper Rush in the game, tight end wasn't an emphasis like at all. I wonder if they either saw something from the Eagles that made them want to attack it or if they just realized they weren't taking advantage of the tight ends enough because it seemed like he was leaning on Ferguson and Hendershot a little bit more this this uh, this night than he typically has been. Yeah, and I'm not going to give any broadcast announcer too much credit because I just think for the most part they're cheesy. But I think Chris Collinsworth tonight was making a great point that once he said it, it was hard for me to get out of my... like. It is very easy to attack the middle of the field against the Philadelphia Eagles. And Chris pointed it out very early on in the game. And it almost seemed like Cooper Rush kept trying to test the boundaries. He was trying to hit CeeDee Lamb outside, Michael Gopp outside. But if you look, his most successful throws were throws across the middle of the field. All the targets to Hendershot and Ferguson. That big CeeDee Lamb, it was at the time we thought it was somewhat meaningless but it was a deep slant across the middle that cd lamb took for probably 30 40 yards all of them all his most successful passes tonight were passes across the middle so i just think that's what was most conducive to work most most likely to work against this philadelphia eagles team and heading into december i'd like to see them expose that because if chris collinsworth is pointing it out it is a real weakness. Absolutely. And, you know, this is as we're recording this, it's 12 midnight on the East Coast. So things are still unfolding. You know, by the time you listen to this, you may already know this, but I'm going to bring this up in case Aiden hasn't saw it. John Machota from The Athletic just tweeted out Dak Prescott on if he feels it's time for him to return next week versus the Lions. Prescott said, quote, yeah, for sure. That's my plan. So it looks like the Cooper Rush, you know, time, you know, is is uh as grateful as we are for it and grateful for the way it went down to keep the season on the on the tracks it looks like by all indications that Dak Prescott may be back next week and I think I don't gotta I don't gotta go out on a limb here to say I think you feel pretty good about it just like I do yeah and I know we're bitter about the way tonight went obviously as Cowboys fans I would have paid fist loads of money for a win tonight but having Dak coming having Dak come back against the one and four Lions compared to the five and0 Eagles in my opinion is significantly better for him he's not gonna like what we saw from rush tonight he's not gonna have to force throws it's just gonna be a little bit more natural you can ease him into the game if not gonna project anything but if the Cowboys get up big I don't really think they will but if the Cowboys get up big you can then throw Cooper Rush back in. So I just think the him coming back against the Lions is a much better situation than him coming back against the Eagles. 
in a vacuum. Obviously, I wish we won tonight, though. Yeah, and I think I think that ultimately what Dak Prescott wanted to do, because he even said it during the telecast um, with the sideline reporter, was he, if it was up to him, he would have been playing in this game. He felt like he was good enough to play. He even said, quote, my hand is an A strength-wise, but I would like for it to be like an A+. plus. So it's obviously not 100%, but I think if I know my grade school math, it's probably like a 90 to 95 <laughs> in there. So um, it, it, he's getting there, and I think ultimately another six or seven days before the next football game will do him right, which will put him at about the six-week mark from the surgery. Um, but going into that Detroit game, that is a perfect game, I think, personally, for Dak Prescott to come back. It's one of the worst-ranked defenses in the league, a, a team that got – Blank 29 to nothing two weeks ago versus a third string quarterback and Bailey Zappi for the for the Patriots. And it's just one of those things where um, you can't count anybody out. But I would love for for Dak to come out there able to put up some points. It doesn't have to be perfect. And by no means will it be perfect. But I think we can get a semblance of what this team as in totality can actually look like next week. And did you see that Dak when he was warming up during the game, which, by the way, looked like perfect spirals to me once again just videos look like it's clear that Dak is close to back did you see he's thrown to james washington i did notice that and that's an interesting wrinkle there i mean this cowboys team is getting healthy and once when i say healthy it's pretty much all just i'm talking about Dak prescott i mean well, well let's not act like there's any other player that matters as much as Dak right now they're getting healthy i mean this we got gallup back what two weeks ago we got we're getting Dak back now James Washington looks back looks to be on his way Jason Peters came back for tonight's game this offense is getting healthy at the right time and the defense is still the defense so I mean there's reason to be optimistic here and the thing is you know ultimately I think the offense has a chance to be at its full strength they're close to it I think James Washington can bring an element to this team I don't know just numbers wise how it's going to shake out right because Noah Brown isn't going to lose that number three wide receiver. Would you agree with that? No, and he shouldn't. He's right. looked great this year. Yeah, but they. But the thing is, this Cowboys team doesn't go often four wide, right? So I think for the majority of the time, they're in that three wide set or a two tight end set. So is James Washington going to be that fourth wide receiver? And in this team's role, that fourth wide receiver is playing special teams. Is Washington that guy? You know, we got Simi Fahoku on the on IR right now. Kevontae Turpin is is locked in. James Washington comes up. Does that mean Tolbert is down again? So it's just an interesting uh, game with that roster. Tolbert has to be the most head-scratching storyline of this offseason because you mentioned it. Fahoku was on IR tonight. I mean, the Cowboy Did any receiver, like wide receiver, get a catch tonight outside of CD? Um, Brown and I don't even did Gallup have a catch tonight? Yeah, he I think he had at least one okay. or two. Yeah. Did any receiver catch a ball outside of those three? Because I don't remember. Mm, let me look. Yeah, no. I don't those no, yeah. oh Tavon Cavante Turbo was targeted once. But I mean there's <laughs> there's room for more receivers to grow in this offense. It seems like right now it's a lot of those big three names getting receptions and getting targets. I think if Washington's back, there's definitely room for another receiver to step up in this offense. For sure. And that's the thing, like, dude. And then you got to make room for Damone Clark, too. 
right? So Demo, eventually he's going to be, obviously he's a linebacker, um, but they have a room on the 53-man roster right now. If I, if my calculation is correct, I believe they have 52 on the 53 right now. So they wouldn't have to make any crazy moves to get somebody up. But I say that to say for the special teams construction, because now if your fourth wide receiver is James Washington and he's there for the offensive side of things, you need somebody to come in and play that special teams role that you're going to miss out typically from that fourth wide receiver. Um, it's a good problem to have. I, I say all this to say, if we can get healthy at this time where Dak Prescott is back, I think at some point, hopefully this week, Jason Peters can get a full workload at left guard. And now that is about as deep as your offensive line is going to get until you get into that question mark of what do you do with Tyron Smith if he actually comes back in December. So now you have the offensive weapons with Gallup getting better every week. Obviously, you know, it's a, it's a progress. It's a progression with somebody coming off an ACL injury, you know, CD lamb, whatever the case may be, the bye week is on the horizon in a couple of weeks. This team is, Barring anything crazy is going to continue to get healthier, but we have a chance to see this team at full strength. And we already know what this defense has done. We haven't really seen what this offense is capable yet in 2022. I completely agree. I think there is huge reason to be optimistic. And one thing we didn't touch on and you, for those listening, you might've turned the game off by this point. Oh, so crown to you tonight, man. Yeah, I love you. I love you for what you what you did. I don't care. I love you, Oso Digizo. Listen, that that is my wife. You know, I, I she's a huge Cowboys fan. She's a huge football fan. Um, but I try to explain it to her what like the Cowboys Eagles like dynamic is. We don't call it Eagles Week over here. None of us like ever take it. That's always anybody that plays us always feels more you know passionate about it. But there is a little something extra when it comes to playing the Eagles and. I said, when it gets chippy like this, you got to expect that. Like, this is a rivalry that there is no love lost on this on this field here. There, I've, of course, there's guys that have played college together, but you see how Trayvon Diggs is with, with Jalen Hurts out there. College teammates, doesn't matter. They're, they're talking disrespectful. Michael Parsons getting a 15-yard penalty. Like, this is a legitimate rivalry. Nick Sirianni was screaming on the end. Like, once again, as, like, these teams hate each other. That's okay. Nick Sirianni, you can be mad. You're allowed to be mad. We're allowed to be mad as Cowboys fans and the players on the field. Trayvon Diggs throwing his helmet on the ground and getting upset. I'd prefer you to do that on the sideline where we don't draw the penalty, but I understand getting upset. This is your rivalry. I I, I like the tension there. It just both teams being good, I think it's good for the NFL. I totally agree. And just like I said, more information coming out. Todd Archer three minutes ago tweeted Dak Prescott said it is his plan to play next week against Detroit. Like we said, he also said he said his early throwing before kickoff Sunday went great. And the plan remains that he will have a full week practice before returning, but is more than optimistic about it. So, um, you know, it seems like he got a little hurdles to go through, but has a chance or at least that's the plan. And from, I mean, I could be mistaken about this. We didn't have, we got out of this game with without injury, right? I don't. I think we got out clean. I think. I think. I um, think we. From what I remember, I'm not seeing anything. Yeah, no, um, I think you're right. I think you're right. Ultimately, though, and that's that's super important. Like you said, if you want to go deep, and you you know, if you want to go as far as you can in this league and and continue in the playoffs, trying to stay and be the healthiest team for the longest amount of time is the way you could do that. Um, so I kind of want to wrap up and get your initial or final thoughts 
on this game, and then we'll get one quick thought before Detroit because next time we talk to you, that game will be in its completion as well, Aiden. So give me one final thought on this and your initial thought of the Lions. My initial or last thoughts about the Eagles game. I'm I'm still I don't think I've lost any optimism about what this team is and what this team can be. I think as Cowboys fans, we should keep our heads high because yeah, it's difficult losing to the Eagles, but at the same time, we're getting Dak back. Things are the offense is about to get rolling. And if this offense gets rolling and the defense can keep doing what they've been doing, this is a very dangerous team. In terms of the Lions game, man, I just I don't care about anything other than number four. I want to see number four back on the field so bad. And that's all I care about. You know, once again, I really want us to win. I, I, but my thing is, I just want to see number four out there. I'm going to be way more like, I'm going to be consuming way more media about Dak than I am about, oh, what's the prediction for the upcoming game this week? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I de- I definitely think having four come back will be a shot of adrenaline for for the fan base and for this team. Um, and I just want to, you know, my final thoughts on this football game is this defense is going to be able to do things for this team, right? This, this defense ran into a really good offense. Uh, they didn't get any hate favors from Cooper Rush early in the first half, put you in a deficit, put you in a tough situation. They were out there fighting for their lives for a lot of that first half. So ultimately it wasn't the Cowboys night this week. You got to tip the cap for a team that we, we, we love to hate a team that we don't, you know, we're not afraid of, but you, you know, they got a decent squad. So we'll see how that goes Christmas Eve. Um, we'll, see, we'll have a totally different scenario at that in Dallas. I think that'll be big. Um, and for the Detroit game to kind of touch on that, like you said, Getting four back, man. I think I think the season is about to start. <laughs> I'm yeah. super I'm super yeah. grateful that that Cooper Rush kept it on the tracks for us. But now I now since week one against Tampa Bay, I feel like the season is really about to start, and we kind of just went through a fever dream of some sort. So, um, what do you got? Anything new? Do we want to do game balls real quick? Yeah, give me a, give me a game ball. Give me one game ball, and I'll give you one after my I'm after yours. Sorry, my game ball. It's kind of a I'm kind of cheating here. I'm giving it to two people. I'm giving it to rookie tight ends tonight. I think Hendershot and Ferguson, dude, especially Hendershot. He just, the way he moves, it almost looked like he was moving like a wide receiver tonight. I was just incredibly impressed with the way those two tight ends played. I'm, I love Dalton Schultz and I have been a Dalton Schultz supporter for a year now, but I love those two young tight ends. I think the position's in a good spot. It's it's in a good spot. I think the tight ends are going to be good moving forward, and I think this may be it for Dalton Schultz moving forward. But I want to give my game ball in a unique fashion. I honestly want to give it a Cooper Rush, not for the week. That's yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah, you know, not for the week, but what he's done for over the last four or five. Um, I appreciate you keeping, like we said earlier, that the, the season on the tracks here. You did your job, stayed out of the way for most of the part, most part there, and um, you, you got into a tough situation, but ultimately. Four and two, heading to a situation where a quarterback's going to be back. So um, I'm not at all upset about the way it went down. You wish we could have beat the Eagles, but you, you, we knew that we weren't going to get them all. So I said that all we needed was to win one game and we'd have an opportunity. And here we go. We won four of them. So I'm not upset with that. But that will do it here for First and Ten Podcast. Uh, the Cowboys took a loss tonight, uh, 27-16 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Drop the four and two with the date with the Detroit Lions at home next week. And uh, we'll catch you next week to kind of go over that. But I'm Tony Catalina alongside with my uh, colleague, Aiden Davis. Uh, you know, it's a tough one. 
But uh, we'll get through it together. Go Cowboys.